Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I would like to call in the helping spirits to be with us here today for this ever so interesting and vital topic. So I call out to the ancestors to be with us here today. I call out to all those who are good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines, in my own line and in yours. To each and every person who downloads this podcast at any time, I call out to your ancestors, those who bring you the legacy of those who have gone before you. I call out to each and every one of these ancestors to be with us here today and to gather round. To hold us in good stead, to hold us in a circle of intimacy and connection and interconnection so that we can go forward in a way that is inspired by the wisdom and the experience and the love of those who have gone before us. I call out to the energy of the earth below, the earth as a being, the earth as a planet, the earth as this great dreamer who dreamt reality into existence As she was born out of the dream, so she birthed the dream. And all of us who have been born of this dream are dreamers. And so we, those who are the living, because if you're listening to this today, you are living. Which means the ancestors stand behind you, offering up the legacy. And it is the descendants before you who are calling out because of their own needs for you to give your gifts to the world. This is the dreaming of this planet. And we give thanks to her for the magic and the wonder and the passion of that relationship between those who have been, those who are, and those who will be. We give thanks for the beauty of life and the great diversity of life all around us. And we ask the energy of the earth to continue to help us to understand how to live here in a way that we understand our interconnectedness with all things, to co-create our path forward with all life and to do so in a way that leaves a smaller footprint on this earth. We call out to her and give thanks for the miracle and the magic of this day. And I ask each one of you to carry that magic forward. From this place standing here on the earth, grounded with our sense of belonging and interconnectedness and our ancestors standing around, we reach up, opening our hearts and our minds and our beings, reaching all the way up to the highest power of the universe. And by whatever name you call that power, call it down, drawing the energy of the sky, the highest power of the universe, the true yang energies. We call this energy down to bring us blessing to bring us protection, to bring into our circle here generosity, that we might know the benevolence and the beneficence of this universe in which we live. So we call out to this energy to come down, to merge within us, with the earth of the energy of the earth rising up, that these energies merge within us, that we can feel the alchemical nature of life inside ourselves. And from that place within, and we call out the energy of the heart, And we call out to that special capacity of the heart to merge the burning passions of the belly with the clarity and precision of the mind and to draw these energy together, merge them in the heart, sense what is good for all living things and allow us to know our heart path, to know what it is we have come here to do and to bring that gift to the world. So we call out to all these energies to be with us here today that we might say what needs to be said and hear what needs to be heard. We give thanks to the spirit energies for being with us. I give thanks to all the listeners for listening. 
I give thanks to Co-Creator Network for offering us this opportunity to share these ideas with those who choose to listen. And I give thanks to all those who have donated. At this point in time, you as listeners are able to decide for yourselves. If this show is valuable to you, if it moves you in any ways, please feel free to donate. You can go to whyshamanismnow.com, click the support button, and offer whatever small or large amount you want to offer. Every single penny goes directly to bringing the show to you on the air. On the internet airwaves, whatever whatever waves they are, it is your donations that makes this show available. So we give thanks to Melanie. We give thanks to Joe and Renata and Kate and Sue and all the other listeners who have donated recently to the show. I thank you all, and I ask each one of you to continue to share this show with others, that the news spreads, because I truly believe that it is uh, through the gifts of shamanism that we as humanity will come to find better solutions to the problems that we are challenged with here today and that we'll ultimately find a way to live well with all living things on this very beautiful but very small planet on which we live. So thank you all. So, uh, yes, I'd like to remind you today that we are live. I am here in person, and you are invited, as always, to call in. The number is 512-772-1938, or just go to the cocreatornetwork.com site and click Skype. You can Skype in for free from wherever, um, and you're welcome to email. Um, and that email is christina at lastmaskcenter.org. And that is also the website if you want to find out more. Um, lastmaskcenter.org. All right. So the topic of today as we continue in our blockbuster series, we talked about death, we talked about life, and today we're going to talk about sex. And so what's interesting is, you know, we try to promote the show and um, let people know what's going on. And it's interesting how many of the sites, even on the ever so uh, progressive internet, won't let us post a show just because we have sex in the title. Imagine that. It's 2010, for goodness sakes. But that's the point, right? That's the point that Spirit has been trying to make. And as I journeyed and asked for messages from Spirit to share today on the show, the point that Spirit kept coming back to is our relationship with sex in this country, in America, is deeply, profoundly distorted. And we are twisted in many, many funny ways away from what would be right relationship with our sexual life. Now, with that said, understand today I am not talking about fetishes and kinks. I'm talking about everyday, ordinary, even church-sanctioned sex. So, the essence of the message from Spirit is that to live a truly spiritual life leads you into passionate engagement with life and with spirit. Therefore, true spiritual intimacy is a quality that must be present for a healthy and robust relationship with spirit. What follows from that, since spirit, from a shamanic perspective, spirit is at the source of everything. So if I have a robust, healthy, intimate, spiritual life, then what will flow from that is my capacity for intimacy in all aspects of my life. And that ultimately, from a spirit perspective and a shamanic perspective, that this capacity for intimacy that is born out of my intimate relationship with spirit is essential for a healthy mental, emotional, and physical life. 
And I see this played out all the time in the remedies spirit offers people. And I also see that often people shy away. They don't necessarily shy away from the hard work, but they shy away from the fun. They shy away from the intimacy and the joy and the celebration and the essentially sexual sharing of whatever the remedy or the prescription is because of the intimacy. And so what we need to understand, which we do not understand in this culture, is that sex, the actions of sexual engagement are meant to be a main line to spirit for anyone. That spirit is constantly teaching that being in right relationship with others, with other things, other beings, other people, requires a robust and healthy sex life with yourself. And because of this, we've talked about sex a bunch on this show, actually. Um, There's a topic on um, shamanism and sexual healing with Gina Ogden, which is drawn from her three fabulous books. Um, her Gina, G-I-N-A, her last name is Ogden, O-G-D-E-N. It was a really interesting show. She's amazing. Her books are great. We had another uh, show called The Sexual Shaman with Ray Stubbs, who is an amazing practitioner. Um, you can just Google Sexual Shaman and you'll probably get to Ray immediately. I can't remember. I didn't get exactly the website. Um, but there aren't very many other people calling themselves out there. But Kenneth Ray Stubbs um, does great work. Um, through this path of transformation that he offers people. And um, there's another show early on in the series, um, Shamanism, Passion, and Sex, that's talked about um, how our ability to understand our authenticity and our true purpose in life is only understood through our connection with our passion and how how our relationship with our passion plays out in our in shamanism and sex and how shamanism can help us to to free up those energies so that we can understand them accurately. So anyway, my point is there's already been a several shows about sex. If you're interested, find them on iTunes. You can find them on the whyshamanismnow.com site. Um, these shows are all available for you for free, so go listen. In the meantime, listen to this one. Why are we talking about sex again? Here we are again talking about sex. Well, why not? It's a really interesting topic. It's a really fun thing to do. It's really, really important in our lives to understand and come to a place in our adult lives that we are capable of having robust, healthy, vigorous sexual lives. That this is an aspect of having, it is an expression of a healthy spiritual life. So, Why are we talking about sex again? Because it is clear from working with spirit that a healthy relationship with your own sexuality and sensuality is an essential component to your well-being. You are not going to be able to, quote-unquote, learn to love yourself, which is at the root of a whole lot of everybody's problems out there in terms of healing. But in learning to love yourself, you're not going to be able to do that if you don't like your body. If you don't like yourself, how are you going to learn to love yourself? And so engaging in an intimate relationship with yourself to, to have ownership, um, experience with, knowledge, um, practice with your own relationship with your orgasmic life. 
you got to touch your own parts. You got to know how they work. You got to understand what is it for you in this lifetime, in this body that you have chosen that allows you to connect with and move energies that rise into orgasmic energies. And that is from this fire that is available to every single one of us. It is from stoking that fire and allowing that energy to move through the body and through the energy channels in the body that we begin to cultivate the deep root of health and well-being. So the bottom line is that, no pun intended, but the bottom line is that you must have an intimate relationship with your own sexuality, sensuality, your own procreative center, your parts, how they work, and what allows the energy to begin to move through them, to heat, to stir, to rise, and to move into orgasmic expression if you're going to stoke the fire. And if you're going to stoke the fire, that ultimately supports the very base energy for your health and well-being and allows that energy to rise up through your body and move through the energy channels of your body so that you can begin to move in right relationship internally with yourself. You're not meant to burn your little adrenal glands out to get through the day. You're not meant to be a caffeine or sugar addict just to get through the day. You know, we're not meant to use substances to just be able to get through the day. We've been given what we need to get through the day. We simply have to be willing to touch it. We have to be willing to move into an intimate engagement with ourselves with our own body, to learn to stir that energy as it works for us. It's, you need to find what is right for you to learn to stir that energy and cultivate the deep fire in your procreative center. And in so doing, you can fuel your day and fuel your well-being. But it does require that you make a choice to enter into intimacy with yourself. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the things that people find most terrifying. I personally, as a practitioner, find that really sad because when I sit with people, I see enormous beauty and potential. There is, you know, there's no reason to be afraid of that person. There is nothing you have done that should preclude you from connecting intimately with yourself, cultivating your own energy source and beginning to move that energy through yourself and through your life. So, this is the basis then of what we're talking about today. And, and I'll share with you one of the things I find repeatedly as a practitioner. One of the things that contemporary people bring to me as a shamanic practitioner in America is a deep and profound loneliness, whether they're in partnership with someone else or not. These people have a deep and profound loneliness that does not go away. And as I work with them with spirit, the, the remedy, one way or another, you always amounts to or almost always amounts to the cultivation of intimacy with spirit or with one's soul. So sometimes that loneliness is because they don't have a working relationship with spirit. But that ultimately, even that isn't enough. That ultimately, this profound loneliness is resolved 
through not only an intimate relationship with spirit, but through an intimate relationship with the sexual self and an ownership, a sovereignty claimed over the capacity to bring yourself into orgasmic pleasure. And that these two things um, complete the circle. In a sense, that sexual experience, raising that energy in, that, in the purity of that relationship with yourself and connecting over into spirit, having the spirit energy rush in to begin then to fuel the fire that rises up sexually and orgasmically, that these energies are not separate. They're not meant to be separate. They're meant to be a great ecstatic circle of energy that moves from the, the, the oneness within yourself to the oneness with all things and back into the oneness of yourself again, the wholeness, I guess I should say, within yourself to the oneness. And that, that movement and that pulsing, that dynamic of energy, or the lack of it, I should say, is what is at the root of most people's loneliness, especially the kind of loneliness that people feel when they are with other people. When they are in partnership, a, a, a loneliness that just dogs you no matter the situation is most likely that loneliness for that relationship with your sexual self that connects you to your spiritual self that connects you back to your sexual self. So this is my observation in working with contemporary Americans for 20 years it seems to me from what I'm watching within my own personal life, my own personal growth, and my shamanic practice, that intimacy, the capacity for intimacy is absolutely critical. And that if you short circuit or never develop that intimacy with yourself, with your sexual self, the other intimacies don't matter. That the one where the rubber meets the road is the one in the physical body. And that each of these intimacies, the, the energetic intimacy, the um, emotional intimacy, spiritual intimacy, that all of these come into a kind of uh, presence that disperses our loneliness when it comes into the sexual intimacy as well. And again, right now I am just talking about you with yourself. I'm not even talking about you with other people. So as I go forward and continue to talk about this, one of the things you kind of have to track is what are the projections and the assumptions that you're making about the words I'm saying. So if I say you need to have a healthy sex life to have a healthy spiritual life, are you assuming that means you need to go out and find a lover? Are you assuming that means you must fall in love to have great sex? I mean, what are the assumptions that you bring? Because there is probably no topic uh, that we could talk about that has more baggage associated with it than Americans and their attitudes about sex. So, as I said, uh, as we continue on this whole journey here today together, um, understand that when I talk about this distorted relationship we have with sex, that, uh, as I said before, I'm not talking about fetishes or kinks. I'm not, I'm not talking about that at all. I'm actually talking very specifically about everyday, ordinary, often church-sanctioned sex that is getting expressed all the time. 
in America. And as I listen to teenagers talking about sex, my heart breaks, truly, because they're, they're, the information they're getting is such a profound it's distortion of a distortion, basically. And I would love to see the grown-ups, the adults in the world, get organized around healthy, intimate, sexual, and spiritual lives so that we can begin to pass on some reasonable information to those who are just coming into their sexual lives. Um, so anyway, um, I'm digressing a bit, but this is, this is important because we, the adults, model what those who are coming after us will do. And that is the same with everything, including sex. So let's start with the most challenging part here for most people and work up to the easiest part, which is talking about great sex. So the most challenging part um, I've actually begun to discuss, which is understanding that in the energy traditions of the world, the great energy traditions of the world, the meditation practices, the yoga practices, and the Qigong and Tai Chi practices, and all of these, the great energy practices that humanity has cultivated over thousands and thousands of years. The core of these practices in their traditional forms is an intimate sexual practice. In other words, a practice each practitioner is doing just with themselves to cultivate and raise and move their own orgasmic energy. It's called many things in many different languages, but the bottom line is that's basically what it is. And that is this energy, your capacity to to stir and rise and move this orgasmic energy in your body that is at the root and the source of well-being. Um, my Qigong teacher would talk about how he, he lived often for over a 10-year period in a monastery. So in the monastery, they're all male monks, and there are uh, correlating female monasteries with female monks, whatever we want to call them. I think nuns isn't really an appropriate term. But anyway, my point being, the practitioners of these practices, every single one of them spends some time daily in that personal intimate practice uh, for the health and well-being of those sexual organs, the movement of energy. I mean, from a Chinese medicine perspective, prostate cancer is simply stagnation. And think about that. In America, where men have certainly taken to heart the supposed message from God to go sow their seeds freely, often, and widely, we have this huge expression of stagnation in the prostate. So what that means then is you may be having, you may be ejaculating, but that the sexual energy isn't getting moved. That, that place of great potential, great fire that would move you in the right relationship with your life isn't moving. And that's the piece. This is one of the, one of the places that spirit is saying you all have a distorted relationship with sex. That, that, that the presence of prostate cancer that is evidence of stagnation in the procreative center in men. Um, there are correlating health problems with women. But the bottom line is we're so disconnected from our sexual lives. We're not understanding that it is 
your personal intimacy with your sexual body, your sexual life, my personal intimacy with my body and my sexual energy that allows me to move that energy and move my body out of stagnation. And that moves me into a place of health and well-being and it opens me. And then that's the next thing that occurs is by being willing to take ownership over that energy and learn how to move it and to practice that daily. It moves me into a place where the energy is rising up my body. The next place that's going to get opened up is my heart. And I'm not talking about falling in love with people. I'm talking about falling in love with yourself. I'm talking about falling in love with your life. I'm talking about your heart opening so that you can intimately engage with your life. If you, Here's my challenge to you. Well, my challenge to you actually is to get yourself an intimate sexual practice in as prescribed by any of these old traditions. That's my real challenge to you. But my second challenge to you is to just try this. You could actually try this for the rest of the day. You're listening to this podcast for the rest of the day. Ask yourself, if you're about to do something with someone or some task, am I willing to be intimately engaged with this person, with this movie, with this work? Am I, is this something that I can intimately engage with or do I have to shut down to do this thing? to be with this person, to engage in this activity. So just do that. Don't judge the answer. Just ask yourself the question with each thing, each person as the day unfolds. And and give, give yourself a litmus test of the degree to which your life is filled with things you would be willing to intimately engage with. And if that's only 20%, you need to look at your life. That our life needs to be filled with things that we want to intimately engage with. And we need to be willing to engage intimately. And again, I am not talking about love in the, in the sappy, romantic, pop song sense. I am not going to say on this show, great sex only happens when you're in love with the person you're having it with. That's not my point. That's not a message I've ever actually heard the spirit world offer. What I hear the spirit world saying again and again, person after person, and even in my own life, is that this all begins with the intimacy and love of your own energy moving in your own body and your willingness to take the time, to make the time, to move it. And as you move that orgasmic energy in your life, it moves then out of the procreative center of the pelvis up into your heart. It opens your heart so that you're ready and willing and able to engage intimately in your day. And then it moves ideally all the way up into your mind, cleansing your mind of whatever stuff is sitting there and opening your mind up to that awareness of intimate engagement, oneness with all things, direction by spirit, how, that, that role your mind needs to be uh, participating in in your life to make good choices for yourself. So, helping spirits. I'm moving on to a new idea. So, once we start to move our sexual energy, then the next thing to look at from shamanism is all of the different ways that the spirit help in shamanism 
engages in or initiates sex, uh, particularly in the context of journeys. Now, I personally have to admit that for the beginning, many, many years of my life working with helping spirits, my helping spirit did not have sex with me. And I felt deeply ripped off because mostly they just tore me up and ate me and dismembered me. But for many people, they had a lot of opportunity to engage sexually with their helping spirits. So what the hell is going on here? Well, what is going on is that our helping spirits teach us in the journey space through experience. They take us on journeys. They create experiences. And it's from that experience that we extract the meaning or the message or the interpretation. And so what the helping spirits are often teaching in the many archetypal experiences they do with us they merge intimately with us sexually they birth us they um, place something within us that inseminates something and we give birth to something they eat us they digest us they poop us out they, you know that all these things all these archetypal human experiences this is what the helping spirits do with us and what they're trying to teach us is what does the experience of merging feel like What does intimacy feel like? What does becoming one with another being feel like? And ultimately, what does oneness with all things feel like? That that this is what our helping spirits are want. These are the kinds of things our helping spirits are wanting us to understand through their engagement with us. So what you get then through this relationship with spirit. So let's say you're listening to what I'm saying and you're realizing that you don't have an intimate relationship with yourself. But you hear these words and you think, you know what, she's right. I need to do this. You know, if not now, when? Right? If not now, when? Okay, so you don't have an intimate sexual relationship with yourself. Okay, where do you begin? Well, one of the best places to begin is with your helping spirits because there you have a being who can merge and demerge, who, who already understands all of this anyway and can guide you in the process of cultivating an intimate sexual relationship with yourself far better than any human being can, even these supposed enlightened masters because there are way too many spiritual teachers out there sleeping with their students and supposedly giving their students teachings. Personally, I'm not seeing this as working real well. But anyway, I'm digressing once again. So back to your helping spirits. They have no other agenda other than teaching you to be a better human. And their energy is purely what their energy is. And so what better place to go to learn about merging intimacy, becoming one with another being, and ultimately opening up to an intimate oneness with the world, then you're helping spirits. There's another reason to learn to journey and cultivate a relationship with your helping spirits. Often in this um, experience with your helping spirits, there's a transmission of energy or teachings uh, that comes through the, the literal, well, in the journey, the literal insemination, that in, from that comes the germination of an idea or an awareness or a teaching can come through that. It is also true, it's been in my experience, that healing and repair of your own relationship with your body or the repair of your own relationship with your sexual body or the repair of your own relationship with your sensual 
body, that these things can also come through um, guided by a relationship with your helping spirits. And um, one thing that I want to say is I've often received calls from um, people, usually women, not always, but usually women who begin to receive some kind of the spirit of a teacher that they know or potentially just a spirit who invade their dreams and invade their journeys and begin to invade them personally, psychologically, emotionally, and sexually with the promise of teachings or healing or whatever. And so I want to make a really good distinction between allowing yourself to be invaded and going intentionally to trusted helping spirits you've already cultivated a relationship with and asking for this path of healing. These are two very different things because the, 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 the defining line in shamanism is volition, is you engaging in the journey or the altered state or the path of healing or transformation because you initiate it and you also know how to exit from it. And so if I were visited by some powerfully seductive being in a dream that seemed to possess all of the qualities that my partner did not, I would demand that that spirit leave immediately. And I would call in all of my trusted helping spirits to chase that spirit off. I would never trust that. And I encourage you not to do that either. So let me just draw that line as I go forward. So. With all that said, back to healing and repair. One of the most powerful healing experiences I received in, in my own shamanic life, not my teaching and my clients, but mine, was a period of time when I uh, was often brought into the upper world to work with a spirit teacher there that I referred to as the gold. This um, spirit teacher was um, had a very high vibrational energy, was golden. It's like a person made of gold. Um, basically human form. And was essentially in the journey, you, um, engaging with me in tantric teachings so that I could heal the damage done to me already in my relationships with men my um, own ideas about sex, my ideas about my body, and my ideas about my own sensual life and the expectations placed on me by my culture, etc., etc., etc. So it was through working with this helping spirit that these, this damage essentially was cleared. And so this was a really powerful time. It probably lasted for a couple years that the golden man had been an expression of my own masculine energy and that my own masculine energy uh, could only truly express its authentic power by presenting to me as this helping spirit it's like the only way I would trust it we carry a lot of baggage about sex and permission and that sort of thing and it's important for us to have a way to work with the spirit world to heal that baggage so I have another story because the next thing that happens when you're working with spirit around healing your sexual energy is while you're engaged in sexual activity, 
that your helping spirits can often enter into you and be present with you when you're engaged in sex as a way to merge with you. Well, it's also a way for them to experience it, but basically to merge with you and guide you in your energy um, while you're engaged in sex and to, to make that be um, to understand it as an act of right use of power, I guess would be the way I would say that. And what was very interesting to me in this phase of my own development is often when the helping spirit would enter my body while I was engaged in having sex, the man, because I was happened to be having sex with men, the man would either rise to that presence of that power or would actually fall away, would frankly chicken out. And... What was really interesting about that, other than the lessons I was learning about myself and my own power, is there was also an element of that that went the other way, which was the message to the man, which is, you know, if you're not really prepared to be in the full presence of this power, you shouldn't be with this person in the first place. And that's one of the things that we need to understand in our sexual relationships with people, is if your own personal right expression of your own personal power is being diminished by the person you're engaging in sex with, you need to think twice about having sex with that person. And if you happen to be married to that person, then you too need to enter into a transformational process because there's enormous potential then for right use of power and expression in your sexual relationship that is going untapped. That would be the way I would say that, I guess. So, where, where I'm going with this is there's one more step in how the sex shows up traditionally in shamanism. And that is in some shamanic traditions, the shaman or the diviner, sometimes this is true just for people that do divinations, is that for the shaman or the diviner, they often, as part of their shamanic development, develop an entire relationship in the spirit world with their spirit help. And this is usually when the spirit help presents as a in a human form or a deity form. And in some cultures, that relationship is like a everyday relationship. There's a spirit marriage, there are spirit children, there are spirit meals prepared, there's spirit sex. And this is all happening in the journey realm. And it is through that relationship that is being cultivated with that spirit, that's the spirit that enters the shaman to help them do the work or enters the diviner to help them divine. And what one of the things that's interesting about that is in the spirit world, the shaman or the diviner is not necessarily the same biological sex they are in the physical world. And that's kind of an interesting – I mean, ba- anyway, that's an interesting aspect of it um, for another show. Uh, but there's a piece of this where historically then in these traditional cultures, the ordinary reality lover or husband or wife or whatever – often gets jealous of the spirit life. And, you know, doesn't that make sense? I mean, who can compete with a spirit lover? So, of course, they get jealous. And so that part isn't so interesting. There is this idea, though, that at times the spirits get jealous. And that's the part that I find, I wonder if perhaps we're interpreting that correctly. Because what I've seen through the work with the helping spirits is they're teaching me to be in right relationship. Just like entering me when I'm having sex and having the man chicken out and the sex end up stopping. 
um, because the power can't really be met or addressed is, is that really what's going on in these other relationships? Are the helping spirits getting jealous or are the helping spirits trying to help the person to recognize they're in a relationship where their power isn't being honored? And so I'm not really sure about the the history or the traditions around this whole idea of jealousy because I see the stronger theme cross-culturally and across time is the helping spirits teaching us to be better humans and to be in right relationship. And around sex, sex is often not about pleasure and spirit but about power and dominance and subordinance and all that kind of stuff. And spirit has something to say about that and to help us recognize that we need to be sovereigns of our own life and to own our power and to express it in a good way in our lives. So it's interesting. But overall, what I think you should take from the traditional experiences of people who work with spirits through shamanic methods is that spirit's trying to help us understand how to be in our power in a good way and to truly stand in our power we need to understand that the root source of energy and power in its raw form in our life is coming through our own orgasmic energy so what that means then is pretty much what I've already said I'll say it in a different way is that since the helping spirits are teachers of how to be in right relationship well-being requires then a robust healthy sex life at least with yourself and this begins with your own relationship with your own orgasmic life with your own orgasmic energy and that your relationship with your orgasmic life moves then in your body and enters into the openness of your heart energy and the flow of energy in your heart then opens you to intimacy and merging and connection with the world with life around you um so what's important about this is to is to let this move you into experience not into your mind so when we are intimately connected to all things then we can ask ourselves within me what needs to be aligned or within me what needs to what can be realigned so that i can be in better relationship with all things or ultimately what within me needs to be transformed. So by moving our energy, entering intimately in relationship with things, we can see accurately, see, our, see the reflections there defined, reflecting ourselves back to us and to align or realign or transform ourselves in a way that is an expression of our power, not in a way that is copping out and stepping away from our power. So without the intimacy piece, without the aging and connection with all things, then the day is very mental. It remains an idea. And so unless we actually are engaging intimately in relation with the world, then the knowledge of oneness doesn't matter. Um, this, 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 I think, is the big challenge of knowing now through science that we are one with all things, we're energetically connected to all things, affects everything is what does that mean for us relative to our own ability to intimately connect to things and then to create boundaries with the things that we don't want to intimately connect with so where does this all bring us where does this all come around to well what it comes around to then is 
if it begins to come out of you and want to be expressed out of your great when it is an expression of who you are not an expression of your alter ego um there's so many people that have a role for who they are out in the world and a role for who they are sexually roles for all these different facets of their life and nowhere in any of their roles is their place for their own authenticity that it's it, it has a lot to do with expectations roles roles shaped through expectations and judgment and as long as life is shaped from the outside in defined by these roles then your own sexual orgasmic self isn't being given this opportunity for this free expression. Um, and so the bottom line is that sex will be great when your sex with others and is, is an expression of who you are, not your alter ego. It's also true that sex will be great when it's an expression of who you are, not some role you're playing to avoid intimacy with yourself and with your life. So this is really important to understand, again, that I'm not talking about um, kinks or fetish roles. I'm talking about the roles you play instead of living authentically every day. I'm talking about the playing the role of the good wife or the good husband in bed talking about any way in which in your life you're not extending out from your own authentic nature and by taking charge essentially of your sexual energy and your orgasmic life you begin to fuel that authenticity from the inside out and you can begin to start living from the inside out. So sex will be great when it's an expression of your true nature. Sex will be excellent when it's an expression of your power. A, a, um, a, an expression of your right use of power, of your own authenticity, of your own fullness of who you are. Sex is amazing when it is an expression of your true power as you are merged with your own spirit help and in that way through that relationship with spirit connected to and merged with the entire universe there is um, an aspect in Taoist practices uh, sexual practices about I can't remember the first part of the teaching but the result of it is that basically we're here dying and that by cultivating our orgasmic life and our sexual and that orgasmic sexual energy and moving it through our body, cycling it through our body on purpose and letting it opening it out so that it goes up through the top of our head and we connect to the larger cosmic orbit of things, that if we rise up in this heightened state of orgasmic energy, we can rise up to a level where we can write our name in the book of the immortals. And so understand that this Taoist practice is a sexual practice that allows you to rise to a state of spiritual energy that you write your name in the book of the immortals. So 
essentially what that's saying is that your life and the quality and the intimacy and the power of your life is refined and inspired and purified through your sex, through your relationship with your the fire of your own orgasmic energy. That it is not through your disconnection from the body and your disconnection from sex that you are purified. Because the very act of doing that is an act of judgment. To disconnect from any facet of who you are, be it your heart, your mind, your spirit, but in particular your body. That in and of itself is an act of judgment. That is not high. That is low vibration. That is not pure. That is toxic. Judgment serves no one on the path of health and well-being discernment is a different issue but judgment does not so to disconnect from your body and in particular to disconnect from your sexual self is to place yourself in a state of judgment and toxicity that can only be purified by reuniting with your body with your sexual energy with your sexual self and you Anyone, any one of you, you, by yourself, with traditional sexual practices, the cultivation of sexual chi and the transformation of that energy, with those practices, any individual person can have a great sex life. To move the orgasmic energies and engage in an ecstatic practice is available to everyone with or without a partner and this is the thing that we need to know and understand that it is through the relationship with our physical body and in particular the sexual orgasmic energy that we are able to be in right relationship with ourselves, to nourish ourselves energetically and spiritually to heal the deep loneliness and longing we have for ourselves at our soul And to bring ourselves into right relationship with our power because that sexual energy rises and opens the heart to intimacy. And for us to use our power well with discernment, we must be in intimate relationship with it. An intimate relationship with ourself and ultimately the ability to have the energy to expand out to be in intimate relationship with all living things. So... Sex, then, will be great when you have this sexual relationship with yourself and that you cultivate that sexual energy and that orgasmic energy in a way that allows you to purify and refine the energy centers of your body and the connections of your body to the greater universe. With that said, Sex will also be great when you, expressing your authentic self sexually, expressing your truth sexually, are met by another. That, too, is an ecstatic experience. It is not required for a great sex life because you can do that all by yourself. But it is an ecstatic situation when you can be met When sex is an expression of exactly who you are and you are met by another. What's important, though, is to recognize that if you are not being met, don't go there. 
really, truly, if you are not being met in your sexual relationship, then don't do it. Engage in the clarifying and healing and cultivation of your own relationship with your own sexual energy. Bring in your own helping spirits through your shamanic relationship with them to heal that which is damaged. And engage with that partner, assuming you want to keep that partner, together so that the two of you can meet each other, each person authentically showing up for that intimate time. And if you're with someone who is unwilling to meet you in your own authenticity and unwilling to go on the journey with you to be able to meet each other in your own authenticity, you need to make a choice. So what is critically important, no matter your situation in your life, with or without a partner, with or without anything, is to draw your passions and your desires into your personal practice. Fuel your own healing and your own transformation. And, and the person that you bring out then to engage in sex with others will be you. Will be an expression of your true nature and an expression of your power, an expression of your capacity for intimacy. And when you do that, the sex will be great, whether you're met by another or simply meeting yourself. So I want to thank you all for listening here today. Um, next week, our show is going to be about shamanism and love. And one of the great gifts of life, um, of a life engaged with spirit through shamanic journeying and, and shamanic work, is love. There's enormous flow of love that comes back to us through this relationship with spirit and an opportunity to give it out uh, in the relationship with spirit. And there's also the opportunity in every day uh, while working with spirit to understand the true nature of existence and how love um, is actually the true nature of our existence. We just have to figure out how to organize ourselves there. And so next week, the topic will be shamanism and love. And I hope that you will all uh, join us next week, who've held us well in our time for the earth below and the sky above, and for the energy that comes together uh, as heaven and earth, earth and skies, they come together, and all of the life that bridges from that. Um, I thank you all for listening today, and I particularly thank those of you who've gone to the Why Shamanism Now site and donated. Um, large or small, every single donation is deeply appreciated, and all of it goes to keeping the show on the air. If you'd like more information about Last Mass Center, the classes that I teach, news, whatever, the calendar, all of that is at lastmasscenter.org. And um, the Encyclopedia of Shamanism is also available there for purchase through the website. The show website is whyshamanismnow.com. And as always, uh, please share the information about this show with others. I appreciate you um, getting the word out and that way the show grows organically and it grows um, in a way that is solid and real. So thank you all for listening and um, I look forward to having you as a guest next week. Thank you all. 